The second round of the playoffs is going crazy right now. Multiple game sevens already secured. Even though the Mavs couldn't make it, there's another way for you to have some skin in the game. DraftKings is offering free-to-play pools every day of the playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. Again, that's up to $10,000 in total prizes, up for grabs each day. And the best part? It's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. Again, that's promo code T-B-P-N for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hey, Reese, bitch, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. What is up, folks? It's your boy, Bibbs. Um, and this episode is a little different. Uh, Reese and I, for the first time, went on Locker Room and had a live chat with some people yesterday. Uh, we actually had a pretty good turnout. Um, wanted to discuss the front office shenanigans, if you will, that uh, occurred <laughs> this week. I wanted to make sure we addressed it in the middle of the week instead of waiting until Sunday because you never know if something else is going to drop by then. Uh, plus, I have some ideas for some stuff uh, that's coming down the pike. So uh, be on the lookout. You you kind of will get a hint as to what that might be during the podcast if you're paying attention. Um, but yeah, we enjoyed it. Don't know if we'll do it again. We'll see. Uh, probably uh, that'll that'll probably be a good way for us to do uh, like breaking news type type uh, episodes. So, you know, we like to be collaborative. You know, we like to bring people on. So uh, we had fun and enjoy. Multitask game is atrocious. Oh, we know. <laughs> Doing all right, Jose. Just got off work, so I'm trying to trying to settle in the stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't have to work today. I had an off day, so uh, I'm feeling good. Doing this before I head out later with my lady friend, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I would not be having that much fun. I got a I got a group meet this class I'm in at eight. Hey, I got all my work done early, man. I see Rolo in here. What's up, Rolo? (laughs) 
yes, yes, Brian, I have a full time job. Got bills to pay. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, Jack? Wait till we hit the five minute mark. Maybe we'll start talking about this this, this stuff. His full time job is dragging Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if, if that was my full time job, he'd really be in some trouble. Oh man, let me pull this up. You can hear me good, right? You went out for like a second and said your Wi Fi was weak, but yeah, it keeps saying that. I don't know why. What the fuck? I got four. I got all the bars on my Wi-Fi. Maybe if I just turn the Wi-Fi off. (laughs) Oh, is it going in and out? Let me see. (laughs) It's just, I don't know. It does that on Twitter spaces, too. When when I'm in a Twitter space with Wi-Fi, it acts up, but uh-huh. Did you just do it? I think I, th- I think people are giving you tips. Yeah, Jose, I had a try. Jose, did he do that today? Unplugged I know he did it. AOL router. <laughs> oh shit! Going on, Jay. Okay, okay, yeah, I saw that one, Jose. He he won't respond to me at all or interact with anything I say. I'm I'm not surprised. But, you shouldn't uh, be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> surprised he, I, I ain't got the block from him yet. Low key. Uh, let's see. All right, it's filling up nicely. I think we just hit the five minute mark. I think we can we can go. All right. And I think you your your audio is finally crispy. Okay, that's good. All right, you want you want to start it up? We need to we need to set the table or what? Let's just dive right in. Let's dive right in. Uh, obviously, this title is self-explanatory. Uh, mass runoff is drama. I feel <laughs> like everyone in this room right now is aware what went down yesterday. Uh, me and Bibbs were going to do an emergency pod and just record. Uh, until I had the idea, hey, let's just do locker room. Let's get some people involved. Uh, so we're going to talk about it for a bit between me and Bibbs. Then what we're going to do is we're going to bring one person up one at a time. We won't be on here for a long time. We're trying to keep it under an hour. An hour is the max. So uh, like I said, uh, one at a time, I'm going to try to get as many people up as possible. So, uh, you know, if you could, <laughs> Big if try to keep the conversation not too long, or I'm gonna have to get the Sandman on you. Uh, <laughs> definitely showing my age with that comment, but uh, yeah, that's 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 the way this is gonna go. And if y'all could uh, tweet this out so we can get more people in here, uh, more people to listen, maybe more people to join. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, don't be shy in terms of uh, requesting to speak. Uh, but Bibbs, uh, ready to get into this, brother? As ready as I'm going to be. Uh, so, yesterday, 
believe it was yesterday morning or afternoon, somewhere in somewhere around there. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tim Cato <clears throat> released an article with The Athletic describing the relationship between Luka Doncic and the Mavs front office due to his strained relationship with someone I, I, I had no idea who this dude was <laughs> until we until we did that mailbag episode and the guy asked the question about him and I'm like what the hell is he talking about who is this guy <laughs> yeah and yeah. then out of nowhere a whole article comes out about this dude and his name is um Bob Volk. All right, so hold up. Bobby V. Let's keep They call up. him Bob. Bobby V. Bobby V. Bobby V. <laughs> we, we, we. No, I'm not going to do it. All right, so <clears throat> Bobby V. We are going to refer to him as Bobby V. Luca has a strained relationship with front office. Okay, I'm putting quotes up. Front office member Bobby V who was hired by the Mavs in what year? 2018? Yeah, yeah, right after he was drafted. Right after he was drafted. Uh, as more of a, I guess, a consultant. Yeah, analytics specialist type dude. Yeah, something along those lines. Trying to do he something, was, take, the, take the Mavs into the next era, I guess. Yeah, uh, not doing a good job at it, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh He's a sports gambler, uh, apparently a known sports gambler. Been doing it for over a decade now. Um, and there's uh, issues within the front office with not just Luca, but other members as far as uh, coaches, assistant coaches, uh, other members of the Mavs team, that he has too much power when it comes to rotations, contracts, Trades, the NBA draft. Apparently, this man has the final say so. This is a shit show. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I think for me, honestly, the the surprising part is, and I, I was listening to um. I don't know if you got to catch it, but Kirk had uh, Tim on his podcast last night. and they, I haven't listened to it yet. They put out the episode. <clears throat> I was kind of curious. I needed to know, like, you know, his process, the details behind, you know, try to get an idea who he spoke to, all that good stuff. Uh, from what I heard, it sounded like whoever gave him this information is not just like some random person. Like, it sounds like it came from some some upper echelon type people. And because he was being very careful not to say certain things <laughs> to like either give away who he spoke to or like lose that source, basically. Um, <clears throat> the surprising part is the the fact that he's influenced Carlisle. And I say surprising because you wouldn't expect Carlisle to be allow himself to be influenced by someone outside of the Cuban basically. But I, if you listen to Carlisle's interviews and things like that, he has often brought up the analytics say this or the analytics say that. 
Um, and to me, it sounds like he doesn't necessarily love or didn't at, at certain points necessarily love being dictated to by the numbers. But when it works, it works. So he's going to do what works uh, at the end of the day. And I mean, I respect him for being flexible and trying to adapt to the times, if you will. Um, him having say in the front office stuff makes you wonder how much Donnie is even doing right now. I, when I first read the article and it, and it came true. The first thing I thought was, Oh man, motherfuckers about to try to let Donnie off the hook dog. And we not, we not about (laughs) to do that. And that's exactly what happened. And I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it is them both. Uh, Donnie and Bob. Yes. Donnie and Bob, two idiots together, never really come up with a great idea. (laughs) <laughs> how often have you seen Scooby and Shaggy come up with a great idea I mean they usually don't want to get involved I think that's a pretty great idea but that's a pretty you, you're right that's their only great <laughs> idea I wish Donnie and Bobby V would do the same thing so here's but, uh, another thing I, I did want to mention I forgot earlier about that I got from Tim is that apparently a lot of people took it as attacking Bob and he tried to make it clear that was not his intention. His intention was to show that the front office was dysfunctional. Which is true. And then I feel like that's what that's what should have come from that article the most. But obviously we know what the main thing that came from it was uh, since Luca is the star. But it kind of did come off as a, hey, this Bobby V dude is trash. But yeah. Do you think part of that is people, and I mean, we know how it is on the Twitter, are so in love with the brain trust of Rick, Donnie, and Mark because they've just been around for so long that giving them another person to be mad at, that's the easy person to go after. I think for some, yes. For those people who you're talking about who are so in love with Donnie, Mark, and Rick and out here twerking for them every day on Twitter and defending them and doing all of this on hands and knees, yes, Bobby V is a scapegoat, basically. But I'm not saying that absolves him from any blame because he's just as in the wrong as they are. But at the end of the day, Cuban is allowing this to happen, so he's in the wrong. Bobby V isn't making all of the decisions. Donnie has still made some shitty decisions. He's in the wrong. And Rick, as the coach, who, to be honest, uh, should hold higher rank than Bobby V, considering how long he's been there, is allowing this dude to dictate your rotations. Because after hearing about this, and I'm, I'm reading the article, and I'm like, wow, everything makes sense now. Because why the fuck? was Courtney Lee starting the beginning of the 2019 season. (laughs) Why on God's green? And I swear, I tweeted it. I will forever take this victory lap. (laughs) I think I saw the tweet. Bro, DeLon Wright was never a good idea for a starting point guard in the NBA. What is wrong with y'all? 
like when I saw that and the Mavs said, oh, yeah, we we were definitely always looking forward to DeLon Wright. Bullshit. No, y'all were not. Y'all were not. It's no way. And now it makes sense because you got some idiot analytic dude telling you how to run your team. That's a gamble if I ever seen one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um yeah, it does make sense some of the, the things that have been happening. And yeah, when you put yourself in a position where you either don't have assets to to make moves and you have to be looking for bargain basement people to fill roles, an analytic guy does make a little bit of sense there, but you've basically put yourself in a painted yourself into a corner where now you have to depend on this guy to make shit or crap not look like crap. You have a coach who's able to get the absolute most out of whatever he's given. So that raises the floor of your team. But if you don't have actual talent, I mean, we, we, uh, we just talked about in the last podcast in the fight, in the, the the end of this series, (laughs) at the end of the series, we ended up having Boban Marjanovic, who barely played all season as our second most important player on the court. He's on a minimum contract. Like, that's the situation we ended up in. Like, all those guys are great. Analytics work over a long period of time, but in a vacuum, you know, those those numbers don't matter. You need bodies. You need guys that are, are able to go into killer, kill mode. And we lack that, besides Luca, And it almost makes me mad because Luca c- carrying us makes it look like things aren't as bad as they are. Right. And he's only going to get better. So technically, they don't even have to really have great off-seasons or bring in great players for us to take a step forward. Luca's just going to get better on his own. There's going to be a wall. He can't carry us to a title by himself. But technically, they don't have to make changes to have progress like this next season. Like they can have a shitty off season right now. Uh, did I cuss again? I'm sorry. Uh, Who we can have, <laughs> we can have a crappy off season and still get to the second round next year because Luca's going to be better. Period. You know what else? Kind of the whole Bobby V revelation. You know what else made sense because of that? The whole Mark Cuban comments like, uh, we're just going to stick with the chemistry. Uh, we like the guys we have. That bullshit makes a lot of sense now. Because I feel like that might somehow, some way, I swear to God, that has something to do with analytics. Yeah. Or someone bought something to him about a, a piece of fucking paper with the analytics on it saying, hey, Dwight Powell's been with the Mavs for this amount of years. Dory's been here for this amount of years. Maxie's <laughs> been here for this amount of years. It'll result in success. And here's the thing. No. Here's the thing. The, the analytics don't lie as far as their effectiveness in certain areas. The problem is that they are all we have. They're gap fillers. They're not the horses. As uh, was a Dirk Dirk Doe de- headband. Her Dirk Doe de- headband said a minute ago. We didn't have horses. We have all the accessories, but we don't have the, the horses to get us there. Um, Dorian Finney Smith as a 15 minute per game guy would be amazing. Dwight Powell is a guy you can plug in in a certain situation, the five, ten minutes straight, five minutes or ten minutes a game here and there. 
amazing. Maxi Kleber, as a guy you can put on certain players and affect the game for a little while, amazing. But when you have those guys playing 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes sometimes during Finney Smith, that's, that's, not, that's not getting you anywhere. And so I can't disagree with them when they say we, have, we like the guys we have. Those guys are fine. We just need to put top-tier talent in front of them. Those guys are fine. They're just not starting caliber players in the NBA. Right. Dorian Finney-Smith shouldn't be playing 40 minutes in anyone's NBA league. Right. Max so, Kleber should not. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> the only real starting caliber players on this team are Luka, Tim Hardaway Jr., and yes, Christoph Sporzinger. That's it. Yeah. Those are probably the only three that could start for half the league. Right. And and that's not a knock against Brunson. I just think Brunson is a better point guard off the bench. He could be a start for all team. bottom feeder. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, if you sent him to Jesus Christ, I don't Detroit. know. Detroit? Of course he's starting Detroit. Minnesota Timberwolves? He would probably start there. No, he wouldn't start there. They have D'Angelo Russell and uh, <laughs> Anthony Edwards. Right, SJ Basketball just said DFS should be all Royce O'Neal. Exactly. Him or Maxi could fill that Royce O'Neal type role if we had that's, three guys better than in front of him. But we that's don't. a perfect comparison. That's a perfect comparison. I agree 100. percent Pacers. I yep. agree 100. <laughs> percent I mean, that, now we're getting into some potential trade situations with that Pacers little comment, Brian. I, I see you. Um, and Jay had a Jay had a question. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Jay, can, do you want to come up and explain? What Jay's Pacers talking? thing were you talking about? I I'm seeing, I guess, Pacers. Okay. Uh, I guess this is a good time to transition into bringing people up. We had 21 minutes. What you think? So Jay's question, if, if there's anybody else that can explain, because somebody seemed to know what he was talking about. He said, um, and you might know, actually, uh, curious what y'all's thoughts are on the Donnie Leaks conspiracy theory. I think maybe he's saying uh, there's a, a theory that Donnie is the reason this info is coming out. Yeah, I think that's what he's alluding to. Uh, there might be some truth to that. Maybe Donnie wants the power of that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it would not surprise me. Like I said, I wouldn't say that's out of the realm of. From what well, I heard him say and the way he was talking, it sounded like it came from somewhere very high up. Yeah, that's why when Mark tweeted out uh, this total bullshit, like, bro, what, of course we expect you to say that. Like, you're not proving anything by saying that. But these sources came from somewhere. He didn't just make yeah. this shit up. And you approved right. it. And here's the thing. The fact that he was willing to put it out when we know how Dallas media works lets me know it probably came from a pie, too. Right. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised if Donnie is uh, the higher power behind all of this. You know, he might be. <laughs> Donnie might be sick of Bobby V shit, too. It would not surprise me. It would not surprise me. Uh, maybe we'll dive deeper than that if Jay decides to come up, but uh, I don't know if you heard me before since I know you got a phone call, but do you think this is the perfect time to start pulling some people up? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I was reading through to make sure I didn't see miss any questions real quick. Okay. All right. So uh anybody putting questions in the comments, if you're available to come up, come up. Uh like I said before, if you weren't in here, don't be shy. Everybody is welcome. Uh like we said, we don't want to go over an hour with this. Uh I don't want to put too much editing on bibs. But uh we got one request. I don't know if He's still in here. Uh, it was Grant. It looked like he's still here. Uh, so I'm going to pull Grant up. Like I said, anyone else? Oh, no, it's not there. Okay, my bad. Uh, let me see. Invite to speak since he may still be here. He may not. He may read it just you know, refuted but that Grant, the source was Bob. Like, so he, he, he definitely not Bob. Wait, what? He said the source definitely isn't Bob, according to Cato. Oh, okay. Is that in the comments as well? Because I'm not, my shit's not updating. Yes, yeah, the comments are popping. I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> Mine is, the last comment I have is from 13 minutes ago. That's crazy. Oh, man. yeah, you're definitely missing a lot. What the hell is going on here? Let's see. And I'm not getting any speaker requests, so let me see. Let's see. Corey said something a minute ago. Uh, I think Donnie's comments last week make a lot of sense now. Bobby V wants to run the Luca heavy offense. Oh, yeah, Donnie doesn't. Carlisle probably doesn't either to a lesser degree. I mean, if we're being honest, based on Rick Carlisle's <laughs> history of coaching basketball teams, I think it's extremely probable that he doesn't want to run uh, offense centered around just one person. I agree. That's that's never um, really been the way he runs offenses. The situation this in the playoff, I think just it just ended up being that way because he's the only person that can dribble. But yeah, I think uh here's the thing. Just wanting changes doesn't mean that you hate the person or think that they're horrible or being, you know, like Donnie's intentions can be great. But if he can't connect with the players, then he can't be affected at, effective at his job. Like, we need someone that's, one, good at managing the financial situation, the the business aspect, but also being able to have a conversation with a player and get through to them. Telling Darren Williams, trust me, is not a pitch. Don't get me started on that again, please. <laughs> What I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna uh, you, look. You gonna have to do this, okay? I'm gonna make you the host because maybe I'm not receiving some of the stuff since my comments not updating gotcha. for some reason. So you know, yeah, I think Grant's been trying to get up. So yeah, so if it, you'll know how to accept someone up if they send a speaker request, it's not rocket science, old man. Yeah, Grant said to try to go on airplane mode, but yeah, you can make me those if you need to. Grant, welcome. What's up? What's up, dude? All right. All right, Grant, what you got for us? What's up, man? So y'all have been, you have been killing me lately, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I've got the, uh, I've got, I've got every single cap space situation set up. So I was wondering uh, what, what y'all got for me, actually. 
<laughs> you came to do this publicly? <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, like, what are, we doing, what are we doing here? You know, are we are we going to get a? Are we are we trading for Bill? Are we trading for uh, Miles Turner? What are we doing? So we're gonna yeah, try get out to get a little bit more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Try to keep it realistic, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm gonna hit you in the DMs because this is the idea for future episodes. I got okay. I, I got you. I got you. I got something. Um. But yeah, I, I need, I will need your expertise. I'm not sitting down figuring that crap out. Um, I've got, I wrote it all down, so I'm ready. Thank ben. God. All right, what's happening in these messages? Can you see the messages now, Reese? Yes, yes, I can. All right, you uh, did the re- reset. Shout out to the Mavs draft. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> I, I I opened up the 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 comments, and the first thing I see is Chris Hendo's name. Not him, but. <laughs> Uh, that was the uh that i don't know if y'all were in that locker room it was kenny's locker room it was it was going great and then he hendo was the last person to come up and i like hendo i'm not gonna talk crap about hendo but i think it was the second thing out of his mouth was i talked to kd and i asked kd why players don't want to come here and he said cuban is great but the fans are toxic and i was just like man there's something along those lines and I was like, man, every single fan base is is bad. Like, and I, even then, like, I've never heard one single player complain about a fan base besides Celtics and Jazz. Uh, I was about to say, you know what? Compliment the fan base for being passionate. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I I listened to it last night after Kenny published it to his podcast. Um. You know what? I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna keep it PC. Yeah, I listened to it. I heard what he said. I heard what he said. It was a bunch of bullshit, but you know, I heard what he said. Yeah, and not it's, all it's bullshit, a, but the part about I, like it being our fault that free agents doesn't come here is bullshit. Yeah, I didn't. As soon as he said that, I turned the off the app off. I was done with it, but that sounded very similar to. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember. Right before, I think it was right before um, the shutdown last year, um, there was a game where I guess people left early, and Brad Townsend said that the reason we uh, the reason we lose games is because of the fans, like in the in the stands. I got very similar uh, similar vibes from that. <laughs> I feel like uh, those people are affected by the fans, and I guess they think that translates somehow to the players. I don't know. Uh, I think the fan. I think the fan base is probably pretty on par with other fan bases. If I'm, it, I, I've seen some pretty horrible stuff from other fan bases. I don't think Mass fans are bad. So I mean, all three of us are. Man, pretty, if that was the case, uh, nobody was signed with Boston. Yeah, exactly. And and everyone in this um, locker room, like, there's a lot of people I see on Mass Twitter every single day. We 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 go at each other. We go at like each other a lot. But if anyone in our community, if anyone in our fan base said something messed up or did something messed up, we will jump on top of them, you know? Like, even the people that don't like each other would, would band together to, you know, because there was some guy that, there was some guy that said something to DeLon Wright, I believe, last year, and everyone yeah. pounced on him. Yeah, but, I, I mean, we, we wouldn't let that happen. So, I don't think that's a toxic fan base at all. We just really care. Exactly. We're passionate, and like you said, if somebody gets out of line, we'll call it out. Like, when nobody's piling on players or anything like that. That's that's not how we operate at all. Um, we're toxic within ourselves, but we're oh, not absolutely. toxic towards them. Absolutely. 
And there is no such thing as one best, one NBA fan base that's 100% toxic. Like, some fan bases have toxic fans. Then they have good fans. If players weren't coming to teams because of how toxic fans are, Boston would have no good players. Bro, the Lakers would not have LeBron James. The Knicks would have no players. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like. Get the fuck everything I mean, out. The, I, get the, the heck out media, of here with that. The media is bad in, in New York. Like, if if the media can't chase you away from the city, then then the fans definitely aren't. Um, Half the yeah. players don't even interact with the fans. So, like, why would that be a driving force for whether you go to a team or not? That that comment made no sense to me, and it was not surprising. Right. I understand if, if the comment was um, like bad fan bases or fan bases that aren't good, you know, like right. the quiet arenas and all that. But that's not what he said. He's, yeah. he, his words were toxic fan base. Like, I mean, just, even then, just... I don't even even then I'm not really sure. I don't know. I guess it all depends on the player. But I don't think yeah. if um, if a fan base. But, and he also like... said he also said this was what. Kevin Durant said, and I remember Kevin Durant calling Mark Cuban an idiot for calling Westbrook not a superstar. So I don't, I don't, I remember Hindo interviewing Durant. I never watched it, but I remember it happened. So maybe he did say it. Definitely. Uh, I mean, maybe. maybe, Your owner calling probably a little bit more problematic than fans. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. When that happened, I knew for a fact that we were not getting Kevin Durant in the upcoming summer or the summer after, whenever that was. I knew. Or because why would he say something that's stupid? Right. Like why why would Cuban say that? That that doesn't that doesn't well, make dude, sense. This is the same Obviously. Cuban this is sorry, sorry, Reese, I'm gonna cut you off. No, 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 go ahead. I this is the same Cuban that literally trashed AAU players while Dennis Smith was like on his I guess it was his second year. He literally trashed AAU players. Like right. Dennis I remember Smith that was as the well. AAU guy. The mixtape right. comments. <laughs> Lot of bad things that have hurt that probably hurt us. Uh, yeah, a lot of probably the biggest problem we've ever had. That was yeah. If he would shut up a little bit more, then we probably would be in a better position. Um, let me see. You want to stay up, Grant? I want to bring somebody else up too. Uh, sure, I'll stay up if y'all have me. Uh, I just want to thank y'all for letting me up again because I mean y'all are awesome. No, most appreciate definitely. it. Appreciate it. Let's bring Jose up. I don't get called that often. <laughs> What's up, Jose? Hey, how y'all guys doing? What's up, Jose? Make it. Not much. Uh, just here in this hot ass, I mean, hot heat in <laughs> Texas. <laughs> oh, man. I'm on uh, the East Coast. Yesterday I can't was really a lucky, brother. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> but, uh, man, yesterday was an eventful Monday. A lot of podcasts, a lot of locker rooms. Uh, man, uh, I kind of loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a busy I day. A, for sure. I thought it was going to be a quiet day. day. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I really appreciate that, uh, that article coming out just because it's about time somebody says something about the front office. And I, I know Kirk and you guys and a couple of other podcasters uh, do a really good job outing the front office. I, I really do enjoy that because I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm always talking about Jerry Jones and confidence and complacent, being complacent as an owner. 
So I know how it feels when when you have a GM or owner who just doesn't necessarily bring necessary change to the culture. Right. Well, yeah. first of all, um, I'm sorry to hear that you're a Cowboys fan. That must be terrible <laughs> for you. Um, uh, I really... I've really only experienced this with the Mavs, and it's frustrating. Uh, I did appreciate that article coming out because now it not only puts pressure on the Mavs from the fan base, but they're getting the most, and not the team. I'm talking about the front office is getting the most mainstream media attention they have gotten in almost forever, maybe? Right. <laughs> And also the like, like sexual harassment uh, things that they had oh, kind of swept yep. under the rug. So yep. mm-hmm. yeah, they would have had more media if they didn't just sweep it under the rug. Well, and and not to defend that because that's obviously the worst. But this actually has something to do with that Mavs front office way more than just uh, Cuban and a few people that are. Right. You know, in charge like this has to do with with some random gambling dude that nobody knew who they who they were until last week and Rick and Donnie like an actual basketball stuff so I think that's why it's getting a lot of press and I mean we just had one of our best I mean this is probably our best playoff series since we won you know regardless of the outcome like we won the first two games we took them to seven we had a chance to win so that's just automatically going to get you a lot more uh, a lot more media attention whether it's love or hate right I would say I would say that 2014 series was our best against the Spurs, but absolutely considering the fact right. that we have Luca now, considering the fact that we have Luca now when he's a star, we're going to be getting mainstream media from it and the team we were going against. So you know, but yeah, I understand. But uh, that article was needed. Uh, they needed to light a fire under this team's ass. Hopefully they do it. Hopefully it's done it because them just saying you know, oh the Mavs are expected to be aggressive this off season. I've heard that too many times for it to be bullshit. So we need something that's actually going to cause them to get aggressive. And hopefully this article did that. If not, then it's never going to happen. Exactly. And that's where I, I think I, I sent it to Kirk. I don't, I don't think he got to ask. They were, they had a lot of questions, but I sent it to Kirk to like ask Tim about the culture around the Mavs media and the fact that they're super friendly all the time. Um, then they never really, it never seems like they want to put pressure on Mark and Donnie in the front office. And so like that article was a breath of fresh air because it's somebody take being willing to, and probably because he's a fan, being willing to, to speak truth to, to that, that front office and try to see if they can in some way, shape or form impact change. Uh, because if it's going to happen, it has to happen now. We're not going to have money or anything else to play with for a very long time after this off season. Right. Uh, I know this is a a hot take on my end, but I actually wanted the Clippers in the first round. And the only reason why is because they bounced us last year. And I I was just like on the revenge type thing where where I just wanted to see the Mavericks knock them out. But also part of me wanted to see the rematch because I wanted to see what this roster could do against that team. Because, I mean, at the trade deadline, Donnie's like, Oh, we love our eight man rotation. We we love our young guys. I'm like, young guys. <laughs> uh right. I, I just really wanted change and the the Clippers beating us in seven should have immediately started working 
Donnie, Mark, and Rick, and all of them. But in, instead, we pretty much got, you know, uh, Donnie cr- uh, criticizing Luca for his play. Yeah. And I think uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know how I felt about that. Like, I wanted the revenge as well. I felt like we had unfinished business last year um, with KP getting hurt, Luca being hurt that one game and getting in foul trouble, uh, KP being ejected in one of the games. Like, I felt like that series last year, we didn't really get to see what we could do. So then my hope was that if we face the Clippers again, we'll be able to measure the series against each other and see where we need to make changes. And for Luca to carry us, like the games where he carried us, we were successful. The games where he didn't, we were not. And for the, the, the Donnie takeaway to be if Luca needs to get better at using the pieces on the chessboard better, that that didn't work for me. Um, do you have anything else to add, Jose? I think there's a few people asking to get up. <laughs> uh, nah, I'll just sit back and listen. But thanks for bringing me up, guys. No, definitely. I appreciate you coming up. Appreciate you for coming up, bro. Let's see who else we got. Brian, I think Brian's been waiting a minute. Let's get him up here. Brian, hey, on. Yo, guys, what's going on? What's going on, brother? What's going on? Good. Uh, Uh, I wanted to go ahead and start off real quick. I I, I know you guys have done, like, a real good job on uh, emphasizing, like, Tim's article and everything like that. But, I mean, let's continue to put Tim Cato over. Like, because one he put in, it sounded like very – he put a long time into this article. And he knew what was going to come within the aftermath of – I I don't know if he thought Mark Cuban would – retweet and quote tweet his article immediately just like claiming his work and his article totally but i mean kudos kudos to him i'm I'm not sure how many interviews you heard him on yesterday but i mean i if you were not on the tim cato train you should because tim is an awesome dude i've interacted with him a couple times he's just like the nicest guy and really the biggest thing within the article i hope a lot of people understand Tim was not writing this to stir up shit. He was basically just pointing out additional things that th- we all knew. It was just the additional caveat of Bob. And right. I mean, I I had no idea. I, what about Bob? I had no idea who this guy was. Um, <laughs> and the the thing that really drove me crazy, um, and I, I made this point a- after the season ended with Lauren on our pod, is the left hand has no idea what the right hand is doing. The thing that drove me crazy is I'm sure you guys saw the comment about the 2020 draft, which I, I will take my victory lap on that and display that that was the most pointless draft. I don't know in math history, but it, it just made no sense. Just the fact that Bob was the only one of few people in the actual war room live and everybody else is just on zoom calls. It's just, I, my head exploded. So I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So we've got, we've got gambler guy over here in the war room and we've got actual scouts. We probably need to be listening to that on the side, on the zoom call where now obviously it wasn't pointed out which player it was, whether it was Terrell Terry or Josh green. I think we can all kind of connect the dots here. It was pretty, it was Josh green. I I feel like I'm I'm pretty confident. I mean, cause if you go back to the, if you go back and look at the draft board uh, where Terrell Terry was, I don't really think there was like that overarching game changing player that the Mavericks could have taken. I mean, I don't know if uh, Tilly was on there still. 
maybe that was a guy the Mavericks could have gone after or Woodard, yep. a guy from Mississippi State. But that that to me that just really hurt my head because I was a proponent of saying this draft makes no sense. Trade these three draft picks, get a guy that's potentially going to be a Carlisle guy that you could utilize and be an upgrade of what you have. And then we have essentially Terrell Terry. Don't know what his situation is. Hopefully he's doing good. And you have two other guys that pretty much rode the pine for reasons because they weren't guys that it seems like Carlisle probably didn't want. And I don't really blame him for that. And I, I really hope people understand. Don't let Donnie off the mat. There, there is equal blame across the board. It's just now we have an additional, uh, we have an additional um, number to this really bad math problem that we need to really fix. And I, I wanted to get what you guys uh, were thinking on how Cuban really addressed this yesterday. I got such really bad Jerry Jones vibes yesterday from this entire situation. And I, you know, the Cowboys are almost, they're like tier three team for me, just because I, I am just not the biggest fan of Jerry Jones and how he handles and tells. And he has this uh, hubris about himself. And unfortunately it, it seems like the last, I don't know, four to five years, the Mavericks seem to have the stigmatism of, they like to say, Oh, we're smarter than you. We know what you're doing. Really pal. Cause I don't really think you do anymore. At every turn, they find the opportunity to say, we knew, or, you know, this is exactly what we planned, or whatever the case may be. They can never own up to any mistakes at all. And yeah, I agree with you. There was the strong Jerry Jones vibes there. I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I'm not as tapped in. Uh, Maurice, you might have have more to say on that. I, I try my best not to pay attention to anything Dallas Cowboys, so I I don't know too much about Jerry Jones, but if I would have to compare a owner in the NBA to Jerry Jones, ironically, it would be Mark Cuban. So I would say the comparison is fair. Uh, I did want to speak on the draft thing. I remember you mentioned uh, a lot of the guys not playing because they were probably guys Rick didn't want. There was something in the article that said players were frustrated, uh, players who weren't getting minutes were frustrated because they were doing everything Rick asked them to do and they weren't getting minutes, which mm. probably had a lot to do with uh, Bobby V controlling the rotations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I'll, I, I just want to touch on the draft real quick too. Even though, you know, everybody and their mom wanted Desmond Bain at that you know, in that first round, I still having three guys drafted between 18 and 36 and having them on very team friendly deals. The sky's still the limit, not, well, the sky's not the limit for them, but you know, they still are only going to get better. They're still only going to have potential. So either they're going to develop into pieces we can play, or they're going to develop into assets we can cash in. Either one is a win-win for us right now. We just have to make sure it's the right trade that goes down when we do cash. Right. Can I just say, can I just say real quick the best thing that come from Tim's article? Uh, there was no mentions of Porzingis, and thank God. Could you imagine? <laughs> like that would have just lit social media on fire. It's like, oh, Bobby V, he's the reason KP wasn't getting post ops. KP was not even mentioned, and I could have not been happier to not read his name in that entire equation. Now, like, how much 
like finagling does Bobby V have? I imagine if he had some clout over KP and what he's doing, I'm sure Tim would have done his due diligence and found out that information. But I was very happy to hear there was no mention of KP in that article. Yeah, at this point, KP has KP has gone through enough. Like I, I, I think, I think KP the KP stuff can relax now. KP probably saw this article like, thank God, now some of the heat is off of me for once. But uh, yeah, KP can relax right now. I don't even think anyone's thinking about KP. Yeah, I think that's for the best <laughs> for now. Till we never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Um, <laughs> Brian, I appreciate you coming up. I think we got a few more people we can get. Um, unless you have one more thing to add. No, uh, just thanks, guys, for hosting the room. Really appreciate it. I'll go ahead and step down. No, it's a problem. Take, take it easy. Take um, care, bro. Yeah, let's, let's, let's see what Christian got to say. Christian. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Doing what's all right, on, bro. Shit, not much. It's in Vegas. It's 112 right now, so it's crazy hot. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, if we're looking at it, you know, obviously this was a great article. Cato's, you know, certainly one of the best. Everyone should follow him and subscribe if they already aren't. Um, but I think long term, this is possibly the best possible situation that could have happened. And although obviously it sucks losing uh, again in the first round, if they would have made it to the second round, I think a lot of the heat would have kind of been off them to make some real adjustments and, you know, changes. And obviously this article that's getting so much publicity, I think is going to be huge for really uh, being able to address some of these longstanding concerns. Because when you, when you look at this team, I mean, you guys kind of did a breakdown of, you know, Dorian and Maxi, et cetera. You guys were spot on. It really needs to be retooled. Like when you think of good teams in the playoffs, even now, right? Like the Suns, signing someone like Tory Craig. Like, at the end of the day, no one's going to go pay a bunch of money for Tory Craig. But on a cheap contract, it's someone that can affect winning in a limited role and take some of that those minutes off of the other guys. And so, you know, I, I think we have to be creative with trades, obviously free agency, because... I mean, if we're if even if we keep KP, we need at least basically three new starters or a combination of two starters and you know a six man quality player because right. it, it's just not good from top to bottom. And so I think you know, in a sense, for the long term, we should be grateful that we that we got beat out and then this article came out because I think this is going to actually lead to change. I'm still a little bit pessimistic if it will be the right change. But do you guys think that it's better long-term that this kind of sequence is? Um, I'll I'll take it first, Reese. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I do. I think (laughs) I hate admitting this, but after game six, after how it went, I basically said, you know, it probably would be better for us to like I didn't even know if I wanted to win in the game seven at that point, because if we won game seven, 
we like you said, they would have they would be able to come out in the off season and say, you know, hey, we took a step forward. We like the guys we have, blah, 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 blah. And they still tried to say that because we pushed uh, the Clippers to seven, even though anybody basically can say that uh, anybody can see that that was Luca. That wasn't some brilliant uh, performances by the supporting cast at all. It was Luca. Luca carried. And for him to then come out and try to say, you know, we like our guys kind of scared me. And then this article comes out. And so the, the fire is back on them. So, yeah, I think that, that all this is necessary. So this is the best opportunity, the best I felt about the potential for us to, uh, to actually make some changes. Uh, I agree. Uh, I feel like uh, I, I did or uh, Bibbs and I both mentioned it on the podcast that it was definitely probably best in hindsight for us to lose in the first round, uh, even if we did take them seven games. If we were to get to the second round and God forbid we got to the Western Conference Finals, this team was not going to make any major changes that we needed. They were probably just going to make minor changes that really didn't help us in the long run. So, uh, yes, for the long term, I do think this was for the best. I think it was also best that this happened uh, in the spotlight. I'm glad it wasn't a, oh, the Mavs versus Grizzlies series or anything like that because no one's going to really care to look at that. That's not going to get any mainstream uh, notarization on Undisputed or First Take, the ESPN shows. We were going up against the Clippers. One of the contenders in the Western Conference, two, one superstar on the team, one star on the team. They're a stat team. They've been getting uh, uh, recognition from mainstream media all season and last season. So us going up against them is going to force a lot of people to look at our team. And after every game, I was going on watching a few clips from some of these debate shows. And they were all saying, Luka needs help. Luka needs this. The Mavs need this. The Mavs need that. And I think the fact that that's being said on these platforms is really going to put the pressure on the Mavs front office to make these moves, whether they do them or not. Well, I have no faith, but we'll wait and see. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of awesome, like, oh, sorry, Christian. I was just going to say it's kind of awesome. Like, all last week, everybody was like, everyone on Mavs Twitter was, was dragging the front office. And then it kind of died down. And then, you know, literally at like what, like noon yesterday, like a little afternoon, that story broke out. And then it was just all hell broke loose again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. uh, Like you said, added some more fuel back to the fire. So hopefully that the heat actually reaches Mark Cuban finally. uh, And he's able to or he decides to to take a big leap and do something. Uh, We got a few more people on here. You want to run through some more, uh, Reese? Yeah, uh, we can run through uh, maybe one or two more. Right, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Jesse, let's bring Jesse up. What's going on, Jesse? What's up, guys? Good to talk to you finally. Sorry, I couldn't make that uh, pod the other day. Um, so what – okay, so – during the um, Tim Cato's pod, he has um, he was talking about he would be absolutely surprised if they didn't make any uh, front office changes. Do you think Donnie's on his way out? Do you think they're going to get rid of Bob? 
what do you think they do to shake up the front office if they do anything? And Masai Ujiri is over there with no contract. How much money? <laughs> like, Cuban got to give him a billion dollars to come into this shit show? Like, what do you want? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think the chances of the Mavs firing Donnie in hopes of getting Masai Ujiri are the chances of me waking up being six feet tomorrow morning. Uh, Bobby V being fired, that's a possibility. That's a bigger possibility because a lot of what this article is saying seems to be uh, putting a lot of the blame on him and they may use him as a scapegoat. Uh, but I really don't, even though I think he should be, I don't see Donnie uh, taking any uh, bullets, not taking any bullets from this uh, to where his job is at stake. I feel like if anyone's job is at stake, it's going to be Bobby. Yeah, so I think I kind of look at it two ways. One, the article on its own, let's say Mark Cuban doesn't come out with his tweet uh, basically saying it's bullshit, or I guess not basically, that's literally what he said. Um, If Mark Cuban doesn't tweet that, I think Bob becomes an easy scapegoat that they could fire. By him saying that, it kind of makes it to where if he now fires him and that's the only change he makes, it I mean, that it wouldn't surprise me because his ability to manage a crisis is atrocious. And he says things without talking to his people, probably, and didn't think too much about it. But they they can't just fire him and expect us to accept that based on his after that that comment defending him. Basically, um, it makes me feel like if I were to put a percentage on it. I was 0% confident that they would do anything before the article. I'm now 5% confident they might do something because Cuban is stubborn. Uh, we have the longest tenured GM in the NBA and we have the tied for the second longest tenured coach behind Popovich and Rick Carlisle. Uh, Mark doesn't fire people. Uh even after the, the sexual assault scandal, it took a while for him to fire people. Uh, and the most recent one that occurred that still they never even put out any type of statement about, they fired him quietly behind the scenes after defending him vehemently in the public last year. So a year later. Right. So I, I believe his, Cuban's comments on that post were very, very similar to the comments on the Tim Cato post. If I'm if I if I recall correctly, he right. said total. They came out with the pretty. He came out with the pretty much same thing. He also said about the being salacious. Like he tried to call Cato, uh, basically a clickbait person, trying to put out an article for hits and being mean. But it's it's the same. It's the same exact approach. Like you said, defensive. It's it comes off as him wanting to be in full control, and being mad that he wasn't in control of this. And reacting. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like, I get what, you know, it was a good article by Cato, and I'm not going to say anything bad about him or anything, but I do think, and he will, will admit that it was interpreted wrong. Um, some things making it sound like people are interpreting it like Luca wanted out and it's just a shit show and blah, blah, blah. But that's not really the case, and that's not really re- what he wrote. So I think people are taking, like, 
everyone's panicking and like i'm an arsenal fan too so it's like i'm used to this so it's like this is just like a typical tuesday for me like i'm not even tripping about it i i know by the time the season comes we may have a different roster a little bit but at the end of the day dude we got luca and we i mean if he signs that max extension which he said in this press conference that you know what do you think insinuating that's like a no-brainer and you know so i don't think it's that bad i think we'll still have a chance we'll have a puncher's chance if we have luca no matter what sort of crap they drag out i think a lot of people are going to come down to earth when we hit off season though when tim hardaway jr is actually probably the most attainable good free agent we can get which is funny but if you look at all the rankings of uh free agents his name is pretty far up there so i don't know as far as wings go what we're going to be able to do now there's going to be lowry and and you know uh um you know, Conley and some other like point guard play, but as far as wings that go, it's, it's, I mean, unless for some freak reason, Kawhi wants to come to Dallas. Uh, I, I think we're pretty much looking at getting Tim Hardaway and a couple of, you know, $8 million guys. So I don't, I wouldn't really take too much into this off season. I think more of it is going to be in trade deadline stuff and next year. Uh, but I would like to take, maybe a step back. All these other teams got too good too quickly and they tried to sort of create this this team. They got all these great young players and they're trying to go for the playoffs and go for the jugular real quick. But really, if they just take a step back and develop a little bit, that's why the Hawks, I mean, say we want it's in the East or whatever, but they got farther because they had a lot of talent on their team, namely because they didn't try to go for the playoffs right away. They were trash for a couple of years and got better players. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we kind of have to really, if we want to get real far, like the galaxy brain take to, to have the most championships in 10 years is probably taking a step back next year, but uh, nobody wants to really have that conversation yet. I was going to say that. (laughs) That's where I want a new GM because <clears throat> I think a new the the current the way the team is set up they're way too attached to players they shouldn't be attached to, and I feel like a new GM would come in and make moves that would make us make our future more flexible than it currently is. Um, KP would probably be gone on the first thing smoking with a new GM, regardless. Yeah, because it open it could open up a lot more possibilities for for us. It- and um, let's say that the Cuban throws a huge bag at Masai. I don't know if Carlisle and I'll defend Carlisle. I think he's a great coach and he won us two games in the playoffs, really, honestly, and kept us in another one. Like I, I'm I'm high on him, but I think if you go with that approach with hey, let's develop a good team, let's, you know, take a, a little bit of a step back and try to get some of these younger players more involved, right. I think it's gonna require a different type of coach. Which sucks because I, I trust Carla on the playoffs. Yeah, that's the, the the second level of trickiness. I think you wanted to say something, Grant. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I got a I got a good I got a good scenario. So here's what we do: we we get rid of Donnie. We get rid. I I love Donnie. I love Rick. By the way, thank you for 2011. But here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna send Donnie packing, or we're gonna demote him to head scout. Whatever. Bob's got to go no matter what. If he doesn't get along with Luca, she's got to go. Doesn't doesn't matter if he's good or bad. He's got to go. You promote Cuban, or no, 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 sorry. You promote Michael Finley to GM. 
You make Jamal Mosley the head coach. You let the rookies play, and they either develop and you cash in your assets, or you, you know, they develop in the role players, and we somehow inch into the playoffs again at the seventh seed. But it's not as tough, or it's not as, um, it's not as bad when you're the seventh, sixth seed if you have a bunch of second year guys or developing guys on your team, like Atlanta, like Memphis, you know, if you're looking trending toward the up and up because. Once Luka signs that extension, he's here for five years. So if you're going to be – if you're going to develop, if you're going to be kind of bad ever again, it has to be soon. Uh, and that – you can only do that is if – you can only do that if uh, you strike out on everyone else in free agency. So kind of has right. to come. You're, you're right. Like we can – I mean, and at the end, the result's going to be the same. We're going to go out the first round. We might as well develop some guys and go in a new direction while we take that first round L – that way next year we can go to, you know, Western conference finals or something like that. Like, I don't think we need to take a huge step back, but I do think we need to rethink our development. But I also think that, um, Volgaris is one of the reasons why they didn't develop anybody because they're relying way too much on analytics. If there's truth to the, all, the whole thing, I don't really know to what extent it all was, but if he's having, I mean, I think most analytics people and, and most organizations do have say in lineups, but I don't know to what extent, and I don't know to what extent he had, but I do feel like the analytics were being prioritized over uh, development. And I mean, I get both sides. You need analytics, you need, you know, you know, you need X's and O's, you need a lot of different things and you have to take a lot of, things into consideration but uh, analytics don't care about what you're going to be like in 10 you know or, or three or four years they they care about winning that actual game um i would have to say i the idea i personally don't agree with i feel like that's moving backwards and if you do that that's just the quickest way to get luca out of here you don't get him to sign the supermax to say hey if we're going to be bad we might as well do it now uh also Striking out on the free agents, I think, happens mostly if you aim too high. You don't have to aim too high with this team. We don't have to aim for just the Kyle Lowry's and DeMar DeRozan's and guys like that. It's a lot of really good free agents out there where we can spread the money around and fill this team up with really good players. Otto Porters, uh, a lot of guys that have come cheap, like some Kelly Olenix. Uh It's a lot of guys out there. Uh, I don't feel like – and to be honest – I don't think it's either with the rookies. I don't think it's let them play and develop and we get good role players or let them play develop and we use them as trade assets. They could not develop at all. They could turn out to just be bad, to be honest. <laughs> I personally don't think that's true. Well, because, uh, uh, they will. I have hopes for Tyrell Terry uh, and um, and Tyler Bay. Uh, Josh Green is up in the air. I don't know how much he'll develop. We're about to go What's into that? another area. <laughs> but, uh, you uh, you, yeah, you came back in, but you're going in. You said we. You said we about to go into another area. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Hey, Justin. No, 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 no. I wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't gonna go down that rabbit hole. I was just, just in response to his thing. But yeah, I got you. I got you because that can go on for a minute. You know what? You're right. Just any other comments there? 
Um, no, I would just say, regardless of what happens, I think the end result is going to be similar no matter what we do. I think we're still probably a first round exit unless we really develop. And even if we take a step back, I still think we're a first round exit. So, I mean, we were freaking out about, you know, sitting on back to backs and everything like that. But I said on Kirk's pod, I was like, look, at the end of the day, we're going to be a first round exit regardless. So I'm not going to stress over any of this. Uh, I think... You know, Luke is such a good player that I have confidence that they put any sort of talent around him whatsoever. We're going to be able to, like, the sky's the limit. And, you know, just be a little patient. Don't don't pull your hair out just yet. It'll be fine. But, you know, it, it is what it is right now. It's not going to be great for the next, you know, year or so. But th- it may be really great for, you know, four years after that. That's all I got. All right. Appreciate you coming up, Jesse. And we're still going to try to get you on one of these days. Yeah, anytime. Just hit me up. Gotcha. Thank you. All right. right. Uh, Denny, uh, idea just popped up in the chat. And you're talking a lot of trash for somebody that's probably going to end up on the Mavs in a few weeks. So, or a couple months. (laughs) And when we do that, KP for Denny, Rui, and uh, a pick or something like that. Yes. Give me Rui on the Mavs. Rui on the maps anyway. I think Kirk is sitting in the the speaker request. Let me bring Kirk up real quick. Yeah, because I got more time. I gotta get off here soon. I got that meeting at eight. So yeah, and I got a date. Oh, a date. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'll be quick. I I I wanted to just follow up on something Bib said earlier. Rome wasn't built in a day. So if you think about the fact that what Tim wrote was like the first piece of like negative journalism in like five years, expect more, not from my sites. We don't do any reporting. So we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, but like man's going to want to bite of that. You know, like th- these guys all know stuff. It's whether they choose to unload the weapon. And Tim had been hearing enough stuff. I talked to him for about an hour last night on my show. Oh shit. Sorry. There's an airline. Um, and it's, you know, he said it became a Haral Bob like suck story, but he he had even you know really wanted it. He 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 had the intentions as it as as you know when he he started looking into it wasn't that it was a you know the the, the you know this front office has some problems and we need to talk about them. So while I don't expect like an ongoing series, I do think that there's going to be some more journalism done. It's just we're not used to anything other than, you know, hey, Rick Carlisle goes and flies a plane, you know, and stuff like that. We just don't get, like, real journalism. We get, you know, kind of, hey, I'm friends with this source type stuff, you know? Anyway, I don't want to take up too much time. I just thought I'd say that. Oh, okay. That was that was surprisingly <laughs> quick and to the point. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing that out of experience from hosting these type of things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Appreciate that's true. But I, 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 you did. I'm glad you brought that up because that was something that when I heard it at the in the in your podcast, I, uh, it stuck stuck out to me because I believe he like he's basically made it sound like he had a lot of stuff to work with, and that this article he just chose to focus on Bob. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Like you said, I don't know if he's going to do a series or something. But uh, it definitely sounds like there's a lot more that could come out. So that's that's exciting, too. And Reese, you said you haven't had the chance to check it out yet, right? No, uh, I'm actually, uh, when I leave out, I'm going to listen to it in the car. I haven't listened to it yet. So 
after then, I'll after then, after that, after then, what the hell? I'll be able to uh I'll be able to speak on it. All right. We'll probably bring it up some more on the uh on the pod uh this weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, there's a couple of people in here. I'm I'm debating. What do you think? Give them a minute. How many people are in here? I got three, I think. Yeah, well, give, give him a minute. Give him a minute. Give him a minute. Yeah. I'm going to be a good guy. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, I know you've been in there a minute, so what's going on? I've been patiently waiting. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> See, yeah. now I would have felt bad if we didn't bring him up. <laughs> no, nah, man, you're good. But, you know, we talk about what they could do. You know, if they're just replacing someone in the brain trust, I don't think that fixes anything. You know, if they just get rid of Bob and, you know, Donnie stays, you know, and it's still the brain trust, right. Mark's still there. You know, Donnie still has to, you know, convince Mark that a hypothetical trade or hypothetical draft pick is still a good idea. You know, like if he, if we want a Messiah Ujri, like he has to have total control. Like he has to be able to look at the scouts and get the information information from the scouts, you know, run it by the coach, see if it's a good fit, and then make the selection. He shouldn't have to go and say, "Hey, this guy's a good player," and Cuban can just say, "No." Like exactly, and I and I think that is part of it. Like, who who Masai doesn't want that job if that's how Cuban operates. Right. Yeah, you know, it's. So I and think I, it, oh, go ahead. All right. Well, I just don't think because of Cuban, I don't think the ability to improve like exponentially as a front office is there until he decides to fully step back and say, I'm going to let the basketball people do basketball things. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. Reese, you have anything to add to this? Sounds a lot like Jerry Jones. Uh, also, also, I don't think Masao Jerry takes the job if he's not guaranteed full control. Like, don't interfere with anything I'm trying to do. Let me do my thing. Uh, that's just saying if he was to ever join the team. I don't think he will. But I'm saying in, I mean, in that possible. situation, I, I don't think it's possible because I don't see him firing Donnie. But if he were... He does not take the job unless Cuban is stepping back and giving him full uh, control over basketball operations. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you, Sean. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for bringing me up. No problem. All right, let's see. We got a couple more. Uh, let's see. Let's see what we got. Who's oh, my, my, now? Mine wants to be weird. All right, there we go. Dwight. Oh, oh it's like no. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, man. On, Good, man. How y'all doing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quick and just give a kind of, uh, I guess, helicopter view of our situation. Um, I know we paint H5 as like a gambler do, but Buddy made millions of dollars gambling. He came up with analytics to figure out, you know, what certain coaches were going to do. And he, he was able to come up with mathematical formulas to figure shit out, right? 
if you look at that background, it's not much different than Daryl Morey. Uh, Daryl Morey was working for like a, a consulting firm dealing with data and analytics that wasn't even related to sports before Boston hired him. I'm not, Lord knows I'm not trying to get Cuban a pass because Boston was smart enough to keep him away from the damn players and not let them know that he, you know, actually was making, had strong input on their decisions. So that just shows kind of the, hell, just the failures in people management from on the Mavs, probably Mark Cuban's side. So that's just my little two cents on the, the front office and H-Bob. He, he got to leave. Even if he don't leave, he got to be out the paint. He can't have any interaction with anybody. And the players, especially Luca of all people, should know that his ass has so much input. Oh, excuse my language, but he has so much input in the first place. Uh, second, from like a roster standpoint, I know my man said we got to take a step back. Um, I kind of disagree with that. I just think Luke is so good. I, I just don't think you can take steps back. Um, I, I think you have to add to the talent in one way or another, even if it's eat money. You got to, Kurt brings this up all the time. They got to get creative one way or another. Um, I, I don't know if it's eating a big contract to get a good player. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a dude on Twitter. We're not listening to y'all. That's not my job. That's their job. So, exactly. This is just my two cents. I wanted to know what y'all thought about that. That's it. Appreciate you. Uh, I would say I agree 100%. Well, wait, not 100%. Uh, the Daryl Morey thing, I don't know. I can't speak too much on that because I didn't know that's how Daryl Morey started. I'm going to be honest. So, I won't really. Um, speak too much on the comparison. I can't really disagree with you there because of my lack of knowledge on it, but uh, obviously I agree with the second part where you said we shouldn't take a step back. I did say that myself. Uh, Bibbs, can you speak on the whole Daryl Morey thing? Do you have an opinion on it? I'll touch on it. Uh, So yeah, I agree. The uh, idea to bring him in to help was a smart idea. To, to embrace the analytic wave. And, you know, if he has good insights on different things, then obviously you want to have, be a part of that. The problem is, like Dwight said, the amount of influence he had and the fact that he's rubbing people within the organization wrong, from Luca to whoever. Like, first of all, Luca is the franchise. So if Luca's, if, you, if you're rubbing Luca the wrong way, then you're already a problem, period. I don't care who you are. Um, so then if the, he's causing other problems within the franchise, then at this point you, he needs to be legitimately a shadow person. Like he needs to be a person you reach out to, to say, Hey, what do you think about this? And that's it. Like he doesn't need to be in the actual office. You got anything else, Reese? Uh, no, no, no. I thought, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Also, if in comparison to the Daryl Morey thing, if if that's what you want from him, just give him the GM role. Don't just give him the GM role. Give Donnie another role, like the scouting role or something like that. But at the end of the day, or just give him president of basketball operations. Yeah, so that's say, you can have a P op and have a GM. Right. Exactly. Like the the president of basketball operations basically oversees all that other stuff. 
the GM, you know, he has the best president has the final say. The GM makes the moves. Just just give him an actual role instead of basically doing it like it's in the shadows. Exactly. Like, because, you know, we didn't even know who to be mad at. <laughs> we right. were doing it. Um, and I think we have one more person that wanted to come up. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I don't want to say Jamie or Jaime. Okay. Jamie? Hello? Hello, hello. How do you pronounce your name? No, that was me saying hello. Oh. <laughs> Is Jamie still here? I don't know. Oh, he popped out. All right. Maybe he didn't, he forgot. Maybe we had him waiting too long. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I had one more thing I wanted to check. Tyler said that he's on um, Android, so he couldn't come in and talk. Uh, but let me see what he said. Da, 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 da. That I haven't heard talked about something I haven't heard talked about much is that while yes, the big plan of big fish free agents has never worked out, the team decided to keep trying to put winners together for Dirk. It wasn't until 2017 when they actually embraced the tank. It's tough to go from full tank to contender in four years, especially when you only tanked for two of them. I think the guys, let's see. I can't read the rest of this, but basically you you get the gist of it. (laughs) We've only been in an actual rebuild for four years and I guess we're giving the team too hard. But maybe they took too long to figure out who they were, I think, as a team and a franchise when it comes to free agency. I agree because at the end of the day, uh, we have to realize Dirk was past his prime a while after that championship when they were still trying to build a championship team around him. And I, I understand why they did it uh, for loyalty to him because of his loyalty to them. But you probably either should have started to rebuild earlier. And granted, y'all started a rebuild and we got lucky with Luca. Let's be honest. We got lucky. Uh, thank God we did. But now the rebuild's over. And they have to realize that the rebuild's over. So I personally don't feel like we're being too hard on them uh, because they know their position they're in. I feel like after Luca's um, rookie year, you saw what this team could be. You traded for Porzingis. So you know you weren't in a rebuild. You were trying to contend. You realized the talent we had, and you said we need to put a team around this guy immediately. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gone out and gotten Porzingis. So uh, I don't think we're being too hard on them simply because they've obviously tried to put a team together because they've constantly for the past two offseason talked about saving cap room and done nothing with it. So I feel like uh, the criticism is is fair. and is... Yeah, yeah. And I do want to hit the, just one other point. I don't think I got to bring it up earlier. Um, I had the tweets earlier about the the failures that we've had as a team. First of all, people, everybody thought I was dumping on Rick Carlisle. I did not mean for it to come off that way. It was kind of uh, bringing up Rick Carlisle to trigger and then also saying, but he's not the actual problem, so who is the problem? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six franchises that have not won a playoff series including the Dallas Mavericks, since 2011. 
And I pointed out that all of those teams have changed coaches or GMs at least twice or at least once, I should say. And some people pointed out, you know, maybe that's a sign to say that maybe making those changes is not a smart move because those teams have been unsuccessful. My point with that was that those teams are trying. When they fail at something, they make a change. Uh, someone, Tyler, let me find, not Tyler, let me find the tweet real quick. Uh, it was a response to that that I wanted to point out. It was, uh, the average Brian said, 21 teams have 30 plus playoff games since 2012. Again, 21 teams have 30 plus playoff games since 2012. And Dallas is the only one that has not won a series of those 21 teams that have played 30 playoff games. Only five teams have a worse winning percentage in that time in the playoffs. Five teams in the NBA have a worse winning percentage in that time. And one of them is the Kings who have not been to the playoffs at all in that stretch. Uh, That's just some perspective to the situation. I can add one more layer if you'd like. You're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Last piece. NBA GMs. Donnie is by far the longest tenured. By far. The second he's been with the Mavs for 19 years. The second longest tenured GM is Stan Presti, who's been with the Thunder for 14 years. There's a batch of GMs who have been with their teams for nine years. The rest of these guys have been with their teams two, three, four, five, and below. That's the majority of these these GMs. So a GM being in place for a long time is not a thing. You come in, what's your plan? Operate it. Did it work? Nope. Bye. That's it. So Donnie's continuity has not been a plus for us. It's been a negative. That's As of I, lately, yes, it, it, it has been a negative. Has now. Absolutely. But we did get Luca, and we've got plenty of uh, flexibility going into this summer. So let's make something happen. I'm happy um, all this stuff is kind of, and I'm in a different room now, so sorry if I don't sound as good, but I'm happy all this stuff is coming out now, so it's not a problem whenever, you know, we're not going to be involved in this draft in um, a couple weeks, so that doesn't really affect us, but at least now we have five or six more weeks to prepare for free agency on August 12th, so we can figure out the problem, nip it in the butt, and then whoever needs to solve our roster problem can solve it when the time comes. Amen. Reese, any parting parting thoughts? Uh, I will say, uh, just take it easy, y'all. Don't just just relax. Uh, don't let the math stress you out too much. We got a long road ahead until we even get to a point where the maps can start making moves to like August. So you know, relax. Don't expect anything to happen anytime soon. Don't let the team stress you out. Enjoy your summer. That's really it. Hello? I'll just add, uh, enjoy this this Bucks-Nets series, too. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Absolutely. They're going to be really good. 
point guard Chris Paul is on a tear. Just fine. You know what? I'm not even mad at Chris Paul right now. Uh, once we get the Nets out, I'm good. Whoever wins, wins. Ooh, see, <laughs> see, this is probably – I know both of y'all don't want the Nets to win, but, you know, Kyrie and, and James Harden and KD, man. Kyrie's my guy, so I, I got to go for the Nets. But I think whoever right, wins get is going to come here. out of this series. All right, sorry. Yeah. Out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to y'all soon, though. Thank y'all for having me on again. For real, right, thank you. Appreciate you. All right, folks. Uh, yeah, this is the first time we've done this. Like Reese said, maybe the last. Um, the live thing isn't really my my thing, but uh, it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. We might we might have to make it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, hopefully it goes smoother next time. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a us thing. I don't think that's a us thing. Okay, say less. You're right. But uh, appreciate y'all stopping in. I'm gonna head out of here. I gotta get ready for this meeting in a minute. So uh, y'all, y'all take it easy. Peace. Outside Peace. of the symbol, man. <laughs> that is, I knew it. <laughs>